You're listening to the mother of all solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. With me, Laura Broderick. We are very fortunate with the weather in Los Angeles. Um, it's it's such a moderate climate um, that we can get out and about most days. Uh, I mean, I think we've had maybe a handful of rainy days the whole lockdown period. And we're also very lucky that the parks near us are spacious and were not overly busy. They did close down the playgrounds, but all the grass areas were still open. So we were pretty much able to spread out, kick a ball with Otis, ride his scooter, and generally not give him any sense that he was being curtailed. We we live in a um, pretty large housing block with, with hundreds of units, but we also have pretty um, good shared outdoor space here. So we can we can hang out with Otis in the courtyards and the exterior walkways without feeling claustrophobic so we didn't miss having our garden you know having our own garden too much. Welcome to Mother of All Solutions. So following the release of the episode Notes from Home on the 26th of April I'm now delighted to share with you Notes from Home and Away. We've got three fantastic ladies sharing their stories about their experience currently in lockdown in countries outside of the UK. There's three ladies who've contributed audio notes to this episode. They don't know each other, but they do know me. And they very generously gave their time to record these notes for us. I'll talk you through a little bit about them. And obviously we've got their voices and their stories to share. But just to introduce them, Lucy O'Sullivan, I've known since 2004 when she was studying architecture with my partner, Nat. She's a British architect from Huddersfield, now living in America with her partner and their child, Otis, who is one and a half, and who I've only met the once. Next, we have Carol London. I got to know Carol in 2012 when she was an emerging designer working on a competition that I was project managing at the time. I was immediately impressed by her design skills and her professionalism, but didn't have the chance to work with her after that. However, she has recently been in touch with me through LinkedIn and reached out to me to tell me a little bit more about herself and what she's doing. Caro is Swedish, but has been living and working in London for a while and is back in Sweden during lockdown with her three-year-old who she's solo parenting. When she returns to London, she'll be back into launching her business and she'll tell us a little bit about that. The third mum is Christine Regan, Christine I've known since early 2015 when we moved into the neighbourhood in South London where I currently live and where Christine has recently left. Christine moved to Brazil at the end of November in 2019 with her family, with her husband and their two children, Autumn who's five and Hudson who was just about to turn one at the time. Christine has moved to a new country and as she would have been approaching the end of her maternity leave has had to rethink quite a lot about work and work in lockdown. So it'd be fantastic to hear from Christine, who's an interior designer. So these three ladies, they've all generously given their time. I know them all in different ways. They're not connected officially, but they are connected, as I'm sure you've picked up, through their profession in architecture and design. Whilst the the stories and the audio notes are about their personal experiences and the narratives they've given, I think it's also really insightful to listen to people from this sort of skill set and mindset and what they have to say about what's happening to them, but also how they talk about and think about what might happen in the future. 
I hope you enjoy hearing from them and I hope it gives you something to think about and some ways of picturing the future and how it might be. Let's start with Lucy. Um, so I'd like to just talk a little bit about my home situation. Um, luckily or unluckily, however you want to look at it, my partner Ed lost his job um, pretty soon after lockdown started as he was working um, as a producer um, of in-person events. So it was one of the first industries to go. Um, so being out of work, he was able to watch Otis. Um, I'm contracted to 30 hours a week. So prior to lockdown, we had a childminder three days a week. Um, but as soon as Ed lost his job, um, you know, he was obviously available to, to watch Otis, which um, has been really, really great for their relationship. Um, at first, Otis was very confused by the fact that I was working from home. He cried at the closed door quite a bit during the first week or two um had to be kind of taken out and distracted um but he you know fairly quickly got used to me being in the bedroom and learned to wave goodbye to me as I as I shut the door um it's definitely been a distraction for me knowing that he's outside but Ed's done a great job at taking him out you know two or three times a day to the park or the beach or for walks which has been beneficial for everybody um since being in lockdown, Otis has, has grown and, and figured out how to open the door. So now he's he's able to let himself into the room. And as soon as he hears that there are people on Zoom, um, he wants to come and say hi. So most of my colleagues are used to his grinning face appearing <laughs> and him showing off what, you know, whatever toy he's he's holding, his zebra or giraffe or digger. So all in all, I think we're in a very fortunate position as a family compared to most people in terms of childcare. And also I feel very fortunate to be working and to be busy. Having said that, um, I definitely struggled with boundaries um, when I first um, started working from home. Um, I was still very busy as most of our projects um, at work were running full steam ahead. Um, we do mostly workplace interior focused uh, tenant improvements. Um, plus in Los Angeles, construction never really stopped. There were some parts of the States that, um, you know, put a moratorium on construction, but Los Angeles, they just... They kept going full steam ahead. Um, so it was it was definitely difficult to set boundaries, um, which is also obviously compounded um by um my desk, you know, being in my bedroom. Um and then, you know, the other aspect was just getting used to remote working, the loss of casual conversations, as I mentioned earlier, you know, really takes time um to be able to just um produce and and you know work through ideas and um yeah the whole day just becomes stacked with zoom calls um but now nearly three months on things are definitely better we're all in a groove um in the house um I still work too much at times and feel guilty on the days when Otis is clingy or upset because he's you know he's there and I can hear him um and I you know I feel guilty like all working parents that I'm not hanging out with him enough but I also know that he's spending time with his dad which is beneficial for both of them so I feel like we're very lucky um this is this is a moment in time that we may never get back so we definitely need to make the most of it 
So we've heard from Lucy. I'd like to introduce Carol's first section and let's hear what she has to say. Hello, uh, my name is Carol London. I'm an architect and co-founder of Our Club, a neighbourhood workplace in Hackney in London. And I'm also mother of Francis, a little three-year-old boy. Since 2018, I've also taken care of him 100%. And I was supposed to return back to work after my mat leave in two years ago. But um, uh, we just separated me and, and Francis's father. And so I, I realized that that wasn't really going to happen. Yeah. And I guess that, that couldn't really happen because I'm... I'm Swedish, my, all my family lives in Sweden, so nobody was around to help me really. And my friends in London are all hardworking individuals without any children. So um, I guess my days in London were quite tough and quite lonely. At the moment, I'm actually in Sweden while I'm recording this. We got stuck here while visiting family uh, three months ago, but um, tomorrow we're returning to the UK. So, um, in 2018, I met with Hannah Phil. Uh, she had recently left her job as the marketing director of an investment company, and she was working solo on this new adventure. I was working on like a few smaller architectural projects, and it, this was just when I'd separated from Francis's father. I was really ready to, you know, to work again after my maternity leave. So. Uh, I was I was quite upset about not being able to. Me and Hannah met through a friend that I had met on my NTC class, and she wanted to interview me for a possible role as a designer for this like exciting new co-working space that she had um, started. And uh, this was actually the start of a really wonderful partner and friendship. Uh, both me and Hannah wanted to create a space for people like ourselves, freelancers or solo workers who who, who were working from home. <clears throat> Hannah felt uh, lonely and unproductive and I felt really tired and desperate for a professional uh, environment. I mean, my work and home situation with a young toddler had just become unbearable. Like, we live in a small flat in Hackney. There's no outdoor space. I couldn't afford a nursery full-time. Luckily, I'd been given these 15 hours a week by the government, but that's really not enough. As a person, you sometimes crave to have a shower alone, meet with a friend, work but even go to the gym on the other occasion. So with these 15 hours, like I could just about finish some household chores and just start working. I felt really guilty about not being there enough for Francis uh, when he was home because I was trying to work, or I felt guilty about the fact that the flat was a total mess. So I really felt an urge to sort of put distance between my home and my work. So we co-founded our club last year and we're opening our first site in Homerton in just a few weeks. Hannah is the CEO and I am the creative director. Being a parent and setting up a business is quite hard work. Um, the workload is immense but luckily I work in a team where being a parent is, is encouraged so the team has always arranged meetings around my schedule, they are understanding if I can't show up when Francis has gotten ill or needs to go and to the doctor or something and Hannah has helped out babysitting numerous occasions and Francis has joined me on site meetings, Zoom calls and work trips um, 
And I mean, I guess because of all of this, uh, my, my hours are really quite flexible. I, I don't have a nine to five job. I don't think I could ever have. So sometimes um, I get up at 6 a.m. to work before Francis gets up. He's a really good sleeper, so I could get three hours before he gets up, um, which is great. Um, and then I guess because my, my, my job changes uh, from time to time. So the first first phase, I guess the concept and, and design phase is quite uh, time consuming. You know, there's a lot of hours in front of the desk and the laptop researching and drawing. But later time on site is really quite good. I can bring Frances with me. I discuss more things and sketch on site with contractors and, and, and other people and sort of improve the work that way um, and I would say like the wonderful thing with this job is that I've had the luxury to work on on the whole brand creatively which is great for me because I love working on both interior and the furniture design but like I'm equally as passionate about choosing um, staff uniforms and developing our graphic language or like even looking at our Instagram grid um, and I also love to to collaborate with other creative minds. So actually, if you hear this and you would like to get in touch, please do. Uh, this also means that um, I can do a lot of research remotely um, and work around Francis's schedule, which is really convenient for me. Um, and I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm stuck here in Sweden, which which actually isn't all too bad. So we've now heard from Lucy and Carol. And whilst they haven't recorded audio notes about maternity leave in their countries, in America and in Sweden, they have told me a little bit about that. And I thought it was worth having a little chat with that before we hear from them again. In previous episodes of MOAS and in things that we've shared through Twitter and through our own personal understandings and readings around childcare, maternity leave, women's rights, equality, there are obviously two countries that come up a lot as examples of potentially better practice than the UK and potentially worse practice than the UK. So let's talk a little bit about both. So what Caro told me is that things feel more equal in Sweden, that it doesn't feel as much of a life changer to become a mum. And how is that the case? How, how does that come to be? It seems to be that there's a much more socially accepted norm about becoming a parent and how you access parental leave and how you access affordable childcare. Both parents can take parental leave up until the child being 18 months old. There is 480 days of paid parental leave and the first, the first 390 of those are on 75% of salary and then the next 90 are on £15 per day. If you have a child under the age of 12, you have the right to leave your office at 3pm. So this is appreciation and understanding of supporting your child, not just through the very first stages of their life, but through their school, their early years at school. Childcare is capped at £200 per month, which seems pretty amazing and awesome to me. And as we know, childcare here in the UK is very expensive even though we also know that the childcare providers are suffering and aren't making a lot of money off what they're doing. 
And that childcare cap applies to no matter how many kids you have. So for example, Carol with a three-year-old is currently paying £80 per month and can take Francis at 7.30 in the morning, picking up, pick him up at 5.30 with meals included. So that's, that's Sweden. Now a little bit about America from what Lucy's told me. So Lucy moved to America before she had Otis. So when she moved to America, she was in Portland and she's now in LA in California. So Lucy, I asked about how did she manage maternity leave? From what I've listened to on other podcasts about American ladies, they go back to work very quickly. There's a lot of chat around using breast pumps in toilets, in the office space, out in your car, in the car park. I just wanted to know how real this was. So Lucy took four months maternity leave and then after that went back two days per week working from home. So that sounds okay. It doesn't sound as shocking as I've listened to, heard from, read about from other experiences of American ladies returning to work from maternity leave. However, Lucy says this wasn't the norm. Part-time work is not common, especially after maternity leave, and that there's only a guarantee of three months maternity from an employer, and even that isn't normally paid. So, it's hard. And there's no maternity pay in Portland, which is where she was initially. She's now in California. Obviously, Otis is a bit older, but she lets me know that California is the only state with guaranteed maternity pay, and that's six weeks at partial pay. So, a whole different set of experiences there. And I think it's useful for us to f reflect on, as we are all working towards better understanding of maternity leave, return to work, who it benefits, how it can be working better for all parents, how it can be working well between parents and employers. And there's a lot of work to be done around that. So yes, just take some time to reflect on that and what experience have you've had. And if there are any experiences you've had from inside the UK or outside the UK, we'd really like to hear from you. So do get in touch. So that's motherofallsolutions at gmail.com or on Twitter at solutionsmother. But for now, let's hear from Lucy again. Um, I was in the very fortunate position to have just started a new job about three weeks before lockdown started here. So um, not only did I manage to, to kind of get in to the job market, um, just in time, um, I also had three weeks of face-to-face -face contact with my colleagues before it all became virtual. Um, when I began working from home, I set myself up in our bedroom um, at a standing desk. Our, our apartment is, is relatively big. It's about a thousand square feet, but it's only got two bedrooms and then a pretty large living kitchen open plan space so the bedroom was the only place where I could really close the door um fortunately my studio was was very well prepared for remote working we were already all on laptops um and we had a remote server so we had kind of all the hardware and software really ready um so the transition was was really very smooth in that respect 
Um, probably the biggest shift for us all, which happened in the first couple of weeks, was the realisation that suddenly your day becomes stacked with Zoom meetings, both internal and external. Um, and, you know, really all those casual conversations and little design chats and um, casual sketches um, at people's desks suddenly have to all be scheduled. And you also have to use um, some kind of virtual tool which which takes a lot of time. Um, however, you know, having said that, we we found the experience on a whole, you know, on the whole, to be pretty enlightening. Um, as we found that as a studio, we've been able to adapt ways of working, um, and find tools to work very collaboratively. Um, I I would say, however. The biggest challenge for me has been the lack of face-to-face and eye contact, particularly when it comes to clients and consultants, many of whom I haven't met um, face-to-face. Um, in my experience of particularly larger Zoom meetings, as soon as the group becomes larger than three or four people, it, it shifts from being a conversation to being more like a presentation where each person has to hold the floor um, so to speak, and it really makes back and forth discussion almost impossible, um, partly due to internet lag, the inability to, to make proper eye contact, to read body language or to read um, kind of subtle signals. Um, this was um, kind of emphasised to me when last week I had my first in-person socially distanced meeting in nearly two and a half months. And it was it was really refreshing for me. It reminded me why um, I think the need for physical contact or the need for physical meetings is critical, um, at least some of the time. There's there's obviously been a lot of discussion, um, you know, around the world about whether working from home could become a permanent thing and you know we've got a lot of workplace clients who've done surveys and given us feedback that you know as high as kind of 60 to 80 percent of their employees want to continue to work from home and I, I think what what we're kind of realizing is that we will have to have some kind of flexible working from home options but there'll definitely be um some studio working moving forward as well at least when when things open up a bit more so fantastic to hear from lucy again one of the other things that lucy's messaged me about but we won't necessarily have time to to play but she has messaged me about how her time in lockdown as a family has also given them some chances to enjoy the nature and the experiences of being in la through walks on the beaches spotting peacocks, having time to explore the parks and the scenery of LA. And it's something that I feel living in inner city London in Zone 2 is something I've missed deeply. As you know, we've been very lucky in the fact we've got a home, a decent space in our house, a garden, but we also haven't gone further than our local park for over three months now. And I'm beginning to feel my radius and my sphere of influence shrink each day. It would be amazing to get out of the city somehow, somewhere. And whilst I'm in no rush to get back to an office environment before it's safe and appropriate, there are times that I just want to make a move, find some nature, find some green space, find some sand, find something to connect us back to nature again. 
and I'm sure that will come once we find some time between work and dealing with our two busy and delightful but hectic children. So Carol, let's hear from her again as she tells us a little bit more about her business and what she'll be up to when she returns to this big city. So, um, yeah, what what is ARC? Uh, ARC Club is a local flexible workspace and uh, I guess um, you won't find any pinpoint tables or or beanbags at ARC. We, we were not that. We wanted to create a, an affordable and functional space, uh, yet design-led, but where people get work done. Um, I think we're quite tired of this sort of work-life blur situation and wanted to create something uh, that is uh, a lot more professional. Um, so for the design, I guess, think Scandinavia meets the 70s or something. We're pretty minimal, but we love colors and fun details. Uh, we're definitely not exclusive. We're not central. And we're for people who might work for themselves or for somebody else. Um, but I guess what they all have in common is that they need to get work done, but not necessarily want the commute. Um, and um, yeah, in light of the recent developments with COVID, we feel like we're quite good positioned that way. Like we have this neighborhood office um, workspace with with a very flexible layout, and our membership offer is is equally as flexible. Um, so I personally really hope that a lot of parents will find Ark an easy solution. I wish I had something like that myself, actually, when I was on when I just started working after maternity leave, or even during maternity leave, just coming in for a couple of hours. It's, it's just really good to get out of the house once in a while and to meet other adults. I mean, I guess it just can't be across London. It needs to be convenient. And I think that's also why we sort of chose to not um, have a crash um, at ARC because uh, this is a place to work. It's, it's, there's a way where you as a parent can put a separation between your, your life and work. Uh, saying that kids are obviously welcome, you know, they could come and check it out or pick up a parent. We have a parent's rooms for babes in arms and we're fully accessible. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I still think that it's, it's important to sort of put that distance. And I believe that there's so many women just like me that end up working remotely after having children. It's so lovely to be able to, to be able to be home, care for your kids. And uh, saying that, I also think it's really important to think that to feel like there's something else in life. So to be able to put on a pair of trousers instead of your joggers, and to go to a space, you know, where you see other adults working, not not toddlers, and even if it's just for an hour, I think that could do a lot for your mental well-being. So our pilot, our first pilot is in Homerton, but we're planning on opening two more sites next year and then another five the following year. The Homerton site is really beautiful and bright. Uh, we have a little cafe and bar. We have bookable meeting rooms. We have a quiet area, a social area with large tables and a smaller lounge area. And in, for the future, we're looking at similar London areas with a dense residential population, good transportation, a local high street. 
we're a lot smaller than sort of other co-working spaces. This, uh, the Homerton site is only 300 square meters. Um, and as soon as it's open, safe to open, we will do so. Uh, but obviously with limited seats due to the new regulations. And um, I just wanted to finish by saying that I think that we'll see a shift in the way people work these days. And I think more and more people will work remotely. Some might never, ever get back to the traditional office. And if there's one thing that the lockdown has shown us is that there's still the mums ending up doing the majority of the childcare and housework. So even with both parents working from home. Coming from Sweden, where childcare is split evenly between both parents, like I, I've seen how important it is in order to get back properly to work after having a child. And even if the UK government won't change that, I'm really hoping that more and more companies will step up and offer parents a more flexible work solution. Thank you all for listening, and thank you, Laura, for having me. So, Caro, I'm sure we'll hear more from as she returns to London and as ARC develops. And hopefully at some point in the not too distant future, I can go and visit the space and see what she so carefully and considerately planned to accommodate workers and mums and parents and people that want somewhere special to connect with work and to, to be focused and productive and be an effective parent at the same time. So we look forward to hearing more from Caro and ARC in the future. You'll notice we haven't heard from our final mum, from Christine. So let's hear from her now. Here she is. I am Christine. I am Laura's neighbour, well, ex-neighbour and friend, book club buddy, um, grey hair enthusiast. <laughs> um, I am an interior designer and consultant, which means I... I mostly work in the workplace, commercial workplace industry, working with clients to help them understand what they, from themselves and the, the employees that work within the organisation, require from their workplace. And then my company designs the space accordingly. We create a strategy and design that space for them, which in the current climate is very relevant in lots of different ways. I was living in London, as I said, I'm Laura's ex-neighbour. I was a director within an architecture and design firm that had around about 90 staff at the time. I had 15 direct reports, um, or I directly managed 15 people. I loved my job. I had no long commute. I cycled to work. I love my community. I had an amazing childminder for my children. I had a nice setup. We had great neighbours and um, we decided to throw that all up in the air and move to Brazil in December. <laughs> we decided to take the plunge. My husband got a job offer, a great job offer for a great Brazilian company and we thought the kids are young enough, we could do it now, that we can all learn the language, especially them growing up with another language. My my son's first words are actually it coming out in Portuguese, which is brilliant. Um, 
we just thought we were ready for another challenge and adventure, I suppose, and we weren't ready to jump straight back into us working the hours and within the craziness of everything straight away. And we thought this was just a great opportunity to try something else out. So I approached my company and spoke to them about you know, possibly having a sabbatical and scoping the market out here in Brazil. We're in Sao Paulo, so it's there's a huge market and we had a lot of crossover clients. So that was part of the plan, take six months, set the family up. So this was in December. So the six, the, the point that I was planning to have settled a little bit, we moved into our apartment at the end of January. And my plan was for... April and May to start networking, start chatting to people, figuring out if possibly I could set something up here with an affiliation to my London company or just just trying to figure out what what my working life and what my career could be in Sao Paulo. But obviously um, we in Sao Paulo started a lockdown or the kids stopped school on the 21st of March so it was very similar to the UK but the numbers at that point were a lot lower then um, so we've been in the same time scales as as the UK and so yeah that, that put a halt to what I was doing but I suppose a big positive on that was I wasn't working so or I'm not working, so there's no pressure on me at the moment. I I really don't understand how anybody can work or any family if if it's a dual parent household, how they can both be working to the to the same productivity levels and have kids in the house or you know, somebody has to give way at some point, I think. And at this point we're very lucky that that's me and I'm I'm not working and that I can concentrate on the kids. Um, We're very lucky that my husband still has his job. That was our initial panic when COVID hit, I suppose, that we possibly wouldn't have a job and we'd have to come home straight away, Um, which obviously after a few months is not really what you want to do. So I suppose this leaves me thinking about what's next in my career. Hopefully, when things calm down a bit, um, the economy starts moving again, um, I will work and I will do the interior design and the consulting work that I've done in the past, but maybe just not in as an intense way as I was doing before. I have seen, I suppose, another another way of doing things and perhaps there's another path for me that makes my longer term career more sustainable because the hours and the time that I used to put into work I I don't I don't think it can be it can't be a I don't know a 40 year career of working 8 30 till 8 30 every day or every second day and always being logged on I think at some point something something snaps with that so I think this time to pause has really made me evaluate what I want from life and what I want from my career and that is much more balance and it's 
it is more time with my kids and it is doing some of that career that I used to that I used to do but it is also it's also painting or it's also doing more exercise and looking after my own well-being so I think for me a lot of this is very positive um, in terms of where I go from here and I know that's a real luxury and we're we're in a very lucky position um, to be able to for me to be able to reevaluate things in that way um so I suppose in summary where I am is I was on maternity leave when I moved here I then I had a six-month sabbatical I moved here with an 11-month-old I've had a six-month sabbatical I have a 17-month-old now and I think what the lockdown and and what maternity leave has done for me is has made me not be able to jump back into what I was doing before and just jump back into what I've always known it's allowed me to stop and possibly take a new direction and I think that's it it's really it's great for me um and I'm I'm really excited about the future and the possibility, the possibilities that 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 holds. So thank you to Christine, who I miss <laughs> on a personal level. Haven't seen many of my neighbours re- recently, or if I have, it's not been for very long. But obviously Christine's that bit further away. So I have appreciated hearing more from her now. And I know that she'll be making those considerations about her next steps with lots of attention to detail and lots of care and also lots of humour. So I want to thank all three mums for sharing their experiences and opening up to me and also to you listening at home. I'd like to say goodbye and send off by wishing you well, hoping that everybody in your family is safe and happy and that you're beginning to enjoy a few new experiences as well as adjusting to life in a different way as you adjust to some new patterns that may need to serve you and your family for a while longer. Stay safe, stay well, stay kind. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mother of All Solutions. The Mother of All Solutions is produced and hosted by Laura Broderick and edited by me, Owen Wainhouse. Music for this episode is Night and Day by D. Yan Key, licensed under Creative Commons via the Free Music Archive.